Welcome to the Loud and Clear podcast. Where we talk to people who give a shit about advertising. I am Emily Puig, a digital strategist at Richards Lerma. And I'm Alvaro Polanco, a brand manager here at Richards Lerma as well. Today we are talking to Victor Garcia, a creative group head here. Hi, Victor. Hi. How are you guys? Great. Doing great. So, um, we know that you're here to talk a little bit of, to us about South by Southwest, and we know that a big topic from that is privacy. So we decided to take a little of our expertise when it comes to privacy and did some stalking on you. Yeah, we found something really interesting. You actually started in brand management. I did. Yeah. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that and why you decided to move to creative? So um, I guess the question would be, why did I decide to become an account executive? begin with because that's uh that was advice that I got from a professor in college I was like I don't know what to do when I graduate and he was like you probably would do great in as an account executive so that's where I got my first internships and after working at a couple of agencies I ended up working at uh, proximity in Madrid and the executive creative director there um for whatever reason, uh, decided to uh, single me out in a, in a good way and say, "Hey, do you want to try this copywriting thing?" And I was like, "Yeah, sure. Why not? That should be should be fun. Should be interesting." And uh, I guess part of it part of it was the, that I really what what first really uh, drew me into advertising was my love for ideas. I love ideas. I get excited about ideas, regardless of the position of the different positions that I've had in this industry, I've always been in love with ideas. And I've always been in love with uh, coming up with those ideas or helping ideas get better or bigger. So I think that was a, that was a natural thing for me. Also, I knew how to write a little bit, so that helps. That helps, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Awesome. Well, knowing that ideas are kind of your, your lead driver, uh, I'm curious if that's the same thing that led you to to focus in on digital or to care about digital, or was there some other factor there? Was that just the future of the industry? So, so I'm an old dog. No. <laughs> uh, I I started my career as a creative in a direct marketing agency, and uh, direct marketing with the with the birth and race of uh, the digital environment kind of died down, and everything turned into um, into digital and all those points of contacts with different clients and different customers uh, were more about the digital experiences when if you you're not going to remember because you're young <laughs> but um, those microsites that brands used to create that created experiences and to me that was that was amazing in the sense that you can bring this thing to life in whatever way you want it can be something just graphic that moves or it can be a video or it can be an interactive experience but what really drew uh, draw me towards that was the interactivity aspect of it the, the fact that uh, you had the chance to give the consumer an opportunity to answer back rather than just putting out an ad and hoping that somebody will see it now i have to ask the consumer themselves comparing spain to the united states do you think the interaction levels are different, especially then that it was an early phase? Like, was did it start off slow? Was one country more? I guess, to it? yeah, I guess the the access to technology in Spain came a little later, not a little later, probably a lot later, 
than it did in the US. But as technology has evolved through through the years, um, it's been it's technology has been uh, created in a much more native way for consumers. So regardless of where you are and how early or late you adopt technologies, they're designed now to make a seamless uh, interaction with you. So it's easier now for someone that has never touched a computer to just sit down in front of a computer and knowing what to do. Mm-hmm. Whereas before the user experience had to be a lot a, a lot more thought out when user experience in those in these environments was new to everybody. So and I suppose having the consumer react like that now more easily, just more naturally, it brings another level to the game, right? Like in the way you think of ideas. It does. It does bring another another level uh, because the consumer has gotten a lot more savvy in in the ways they interact with consumers. They, they have a patch in their eyes to cover up anything that has to do with advertising. And now you have to create content, but that content has to be both relevant to the audience you're talking to, has to be entertaining, has to be, has to touch, uh, touch so many um, boxes and check so many boxes that it's changed a lot in the way in the way consumers interact with brands online. And that's what South by Southwest is all about, right? It's all about this new emerging digital environment that we all live in, all about interactivity, interconnectedness, creating better customer experiences. I'm curious how you, as a creative with multiple uh, countries under your belt, uh, what your thoughts on South by Southwest were? What were the big takeaways for you? I think uh, one of the biggest takeaways is uh, that I felt like we're maturing when it comes to technology. Like before, uh, everything was about coming up with the mm, flashiest, shiniest new technology and new thing, whereas now, I think companies and, and developers and, and technologists are looking into the consequences of those things that they're designing and they're taking into consideration privacy concerns, they're taking into consideration abusability of different technologies. So to me, it feels like there's been a, there's been a, a, a um, hmm, what's the word? Maturation. Maturation, thank you, of the, of the whole technology thing. See, but I find that interesting because on one side, you have these consumers that are more savvy, they're more intelligent, they want to protect themselves more, they're caring about the laws that are being placed online. But at the same time, I feel like all the product trends we're going at with Alexa, with the Google Nest, with everything, it's going more towards the convenience side. So I feel we're kind of in a weird rift right here. How do you see that? Oh, there's no rift. Privacy is dead. (laughs) <laughs> there is there is no read and and it's not only Alexa's and it's not only Google Homes or Nest Cams or uh, we're talking about bone recognition we're talking about um, different technologies that can identify and and um, recognize even how you feel so that goes beyond voice that goes beyond um, uh, behaviors it's even we're, we're going to get to a point where technology most knows more. Alexa is going to know more about you than yourself. And it's a scary. It is Definitely. scary. But at the same time, I think, and going back to what we were saying before, I think companies and developers and technologists are a little bit more conscious of that when, they, when, when it comes to uh, creating these technologies. And... As long as you have a purpose, as long as you have some safe ways and safe uh, rails 
to control what you do, what to do with, with these technologies, I think we should be fine. But at the same time, going back to the original question, I think privacy is dead in the sense that we as humans tend to go for convenience. And regardless if, of, of his Alexa um, knows that I just order popcorn, um, <laughs> it's fine. I don't care. I'm going to get served a bunch of ads about popcorn, even though I already bought it. Amazon, take note here. <laughs> Uh, but um, but I think convenience for us is a lot more is a lot more important. Are you are you hearing that most brands and most companies are currently designing for convenience, or are they designing for privacy, knowing that you know what they do with our data, with people's data, is going to be more scrutinized? Or do you think, to your point about people will do whatever to get what's most convenient, that that's going to be their bottom line? Which which one of those is going to win out? So if you, if you if you look at the last three years after the Facebook, not, I was going to say downfall, but <laughs> there is no downfall. It's still up. The, yeah, it's still up, and that's the that's the whole point. I mean, there was a huge hearing in the yeah. Senate. There was a huge controversy about Cambridge Analytica uh, that raised a bunch of questions about what Facebook is doing with our data, and people didn't give a shit. Yeah, people didn't care. They, they keep posting pictures of their kids in, on Facebook and on Instagram, and they don't care. So at the end, it's going to come to, I think it's going to come to how much are you willing to give away for what you're getting? If that technology that you're offering me is going to make my life a lot easier, I'm willing to give you more of my data. Yeah. If and, and, and we're turning privacy and we're turning personal information into, into a currency pretty much. Yeah, I think it's very similar to terms and conditions. Yeah. Well, most people don't just simply, you want to scroll down, you want to get to what you're actually trying to open, so. I think, I think I've never read any terms and conditions <laughs> and probably my firstborn belongs to someone else. Yeah, <laughs> And on that same note, Facebook, Google, Amazon know everything about me, but I don't really care as long as my package comes within the first two days. So. Yeah, exactly. Give me what I want. That's also the best part. Because, yeah, in, and if you look at it from an advertising standpoint, there's always a con the, the good thing about getting ads that are customized for you, whether that information is a little bit, in, in my perspective, from my perspective, is a little bit outdated in the sense that whenever I get those served, I probably have already solved the problem. I'm not always uh, looking for that kind of product, or by the time I get those ads, I'm already, I had already made my decision. But I think being able to get or to offer consumers a more relevant and appropriate advertising makes a lot of sense for the amount of information that advertisers get, which is bulk. Well, we know that another, uh, speaking of designing ads to better serve what people actually want, we know that design in general was a huge topic this year at South by Southwest. So uh, where do you see the future of design going? What's, what were people talking about at South by? I think we're design in general is is moving towards um, towards creating experiences and towards uh, designing to make people feel a certain way. Before, whereas before we were designing to make people use the, the things in the way that they were supposed to be used and make them pretty and and perfectly um, vis uh, usable. Now we're 
designing products, products and services that they both have a cost behind, they have a solution to provide, but they go beyond that and offer you an experience. So it's not just about the physical product that you get, it's more about the whole experience that you get with the brand that offers that product. And I think uh, taking into consideration of the, all of these things that we've talked about, there was a very, very interesting talk about usability and abusability and how one, when we're designing a new technology or when, when we're toying around with a new technology, we're also taking into account the possible consequences of what this technology can be used for. And I think that's also something that scares a lot of people. If you look at Black Mirror, for example, <laughs> that, that's the perfect example of taking these technologies that you have available today, uh, social media and that episode, I think it's the first episode of the third season where you have a social uh, value and every interaction gets uh, reviewed. And, and that's a scary. Spooky, yeah. It's a spooky, but it, that, that kind of thing already exists. In China, they're controlling how much you can move and how much you can travel around China and in and, in and outside China based on your traffic fines, if you have any debts, if you have any, thing, any problem with the... So it's, it's a still uh, scary. And I think that, that uh, designing to keep in mind um, those things and also at the same time designing to make people feel things rather than just use them it's where, where we're heading. Are there any brands that you think are doing that well or are already planning that right now? Or I, maybe we're all failing, who knows? <laughs> I think, no, I think there are brands that, because one of the things that, that also uh, struck a chord on me at South By this year was th this idea that people are leaning more towards brands that have a cause behind and that support uh, something that I feel strongly about. So uh, putting those two, those two things together, putting a great product, really well designed, that makes uh, and, and tie it to a cause that makes sense with the product and the vision of the company, that makes a great environment for the, for the brand. And I think brands like Patagonia are doing stuff like that. Um, Yeti has an amazing product and it's also very uh, vocal about uh, their defense of uh, public spaces and, and national parks, and especially Patagonia in this case. But more and more brands, if you look at Tom's, for example, Tom's yeah. was born with that idea of having a social purpose behind it. And I think that enhances not only, yes, you can have a really good product, but you have to have that social, that cause part that allows me to feel more uh, more um feel closer to your to your brand and did you see any brand specifically at south by vocalize that like where they were really trying to show either this is our new message or we've always had it but these are causes that we really care about because i feel that's a hub right there with just so many people that they could impact was there anyone that you noticed that was like wow they're really trying to be a big player here um there was there were a couple of there were a couple of uh talks about that I can't remember exactly because I didn't attend them <laughs> <laughs> but uh, there was there was a bunch of, of companies there that were when in, in the, all of those installations that are around mm -hmm. Austin during those days there was a bunch of companies that were 
making sure that their social responsibility was coming out and and that their causes the causes that they defend they uh, put out uh, were visible I think Lululemon had something on that that I can't remember but um, yeah there was there was there were some brands that were there uh, with those messages but I think it was more other people mentioning those brands and the things that those brands are, are doing rather than those brands themselves, which I really appreciated because it's a little bit of a humble, like, yeah, we're not talking, we're not here to talk about ourselves, yeah. but mm-hmm. others talk about ourselves. That's more down to earth, yeah. more yeah. real, genuine. I do find it really funny, though, because the whole point of advertising initially is to make people feel some kind of way about your brand. But now we live in this world where we don't really care about your brand unless you're actually helping, you know, X, Y, and Z groups, X, Y, and Z people. As long as your brand is also tying back to something I actually care about, then maybe I'll care about your brand. It's like a whole shift of just advertising in general because I don't actually care about any one brand unless I can connect with them on something we both have in common. And I think we, as consumers, we've gotten a lot more a lot savvier in the sense that we can identify the bullshit from afar and the fact that companies are taking a stance in certain issues uh, that are relevant for their product or service i think it's a good thing and i think uh, it helps them with the storytelling and i and that's another uh, another really interesting uh, thing that i that a buzzword that i heard a lot uh at south by it's it's this idea that yes you can have a great technology you can have a great product but if there's no story behind it if, if there's no human connection if there's no cause you what, got nothing well see that's where i see that we're in a very weird place now because it feels like if everything's going to be tailored and custom to each consumer and it's going to be different i feel like brands are going to get lost in a moment where instead of having one core messaging strategy, you're gonna have too many maybe. And since it's customizable, maybe you're making different people feel a different way. So how can brands really make sure that even though they're trying to get these messages across to different types of people, how do they make sure it's consistent? That's a, that's, that's a tough thing to do, especially when it comes to, to tying yourself to uh, causes or things that that are important for people because those things change with time but i think we've seen brands change and evolve uh, through time and at the end uh in in advertising what we're trying to do is uh stay uh, we're trying to stay up to date in what people is talking about in, in what people is interested about and i think at some point brands have gotten really good at adapting their message to the times. So yes, there's going to be a moment where you're going to get a different message from Metro by T-Mobile than Emily, and Emily is going to get a different message because whatever Metro by T-Mobile is telling Emily or it's telling you, it's important for you or Emily in a different way, which is something that the digital environment allows you to do. So going back to yeah. <laughs> going full, full circle here, you have, we have, we as brand and as advertisers have the opportunity to serve customized messages to certain people based on what they really want, but we need your data for that. <laughs> that was a beautiful full circle moment. This has been so great to talk to you. Uh, it is time for us to wrap up, but before we do, do you want to tell the people where they can find you online on all the platforms? So you can find me on Twitter at 
Tupperware, T-U-P-P-E-R-W-H-E-R-E. And uh, on Instagram, uh, the same Tupperware, but with a um, underscore on both sides. So underscore Tupperware underscore. I got hacked and I had to do those underscores. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, I got my account was stolen. No. Any, was your privacy breached? No, <laughs> no. They started posting picture, pictures of a girl. And I was like, what is this? And I told the girl, hey, someone is stealing your pictures and posting them in the account that I had. They deleted everything from my account. So I had to start over. Dang. Years and years of curating a beautiful Instagram account. You probably day. agreed to it when you were agreeing to one of those terms and conditions. Yeah. So you probably so. gave that freely. <laughs> you gave no idea. That was my bad. Yeah. Yeah. But thank you so much for coming, Victor. We really appreciate having the time with you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. We'll see you around. All right. Thanks for tuning in today. Uh, we really appreciate your time, and we really appreciate uh, you listening in on our chat with Victor. Uh, I'm Emily Puig, digital strategist at Richards Lerma. And I'm Alvaro Polanco, brand manager here at Richards Lerma. This has been Episode 5 of Loud and Clear. You can subscribe wherever you find your podcast. Keep an eye on your feed for more interviews coming very soon. <laughs>